tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren, joined as always by Brett Terpstra and Jeff Severns Gunsolt. How are you guys doing? Oh, oh, I mean, tired. Tired. That's appropriate. Yeah. I, I mean, it is the name of the podcast that I came up with like seven years ago, eight years ago. Oh my god! While we were tired, in an yeah. elevator. <laughs> yeah, in an elevator at Twitter. <laughs> at Twitter HQ. Oh, that's right. It was at nice. Twitter HQ, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> That's a good origin story. <laughs> speaking, of, I I have I have some great news for you guys. Um, All right. Speaking Tell of us. Twitter, this podcast has been acquired by Elon Musk, um, which oh, is nice. great news. We no longer have to do sponsor reads. Uh, we also we're not we allowed to, to say come anything into the negative about Elon right. or Tesla or SpaceX. Um, all jokes have to be what. Elon determines to be funny, but hey, okay, you know we'll roll with it. I mean, look, this is what happens. Obviously, lying. Clearly, I mean, because look, I will say that if Elon wanted to offer us like a shitload of money to sell out, um, I would totally do it. What's your price for a ride to space? uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. Without without him aboard. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, right. Christina. <laughs> no, no, it's to say what my price would be. I mean, like for this pod, it, it would be because here's the thing: we could always just recreate our own thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if 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 it went to shit, so I don't know. It wouldn't even have to be that much. Like, it it would have to be something. But I would keep for me. For me, it's about five million because if it was anything less much? than that, if anything less than that, I could parlay that. Hey, we're a podcast that e- Elon offered four million dollars for. So I could parlay that into other buyers. If we were worth that to Elon, there's some there's some legs to that. Five million though, sure. I'm I'm I, I I'd, I'd sell out. That's all I'd right. do it for a pocket full of McDonald's gift cards. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was I was I was like I was thinking more like fifty thousand, and I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, mm-hmm. shit, I make mm-hmm. that in a minute. You know what, though? How cool would it be if we only recorded the podcast from space? So every week we took a trip. And we recorded in space, and I, that was our bit. Okay, like that, re- that actually record- would be, that'd be cool. Would uh, all three of us in a space yeah. shuttle recording yeah. a podcast? Why Maybe it's a monthly podcast. Maybe that's why does the ISS not have a podcast? I mean, they've got enough social media coming out of them. I haven't paid attention. Do they? Yeah, they've always got someone who's good at working it up there. Huh? We have a social media intern at work now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk shit. So that's talk all I'm going to say. <laughs> literally just talked shit. No, I was going to say, like, 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 no, 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 because you're going to have to be the one who, who, who potentially edits this segment out of it. So you're like, I don't want to talk shit. But is this someone like you're working closely with? Like, this is, is this an intern on your team? This is an intern on my team who yesterday I was supposed to be in a meeting to assign them to help them learn copywriting. And I missed the meeting. I feel really bad because Victor had to take that meeting on his own. He was hired as an intern to do social media, but he wants to get his hands dirty in copywriting. He wants to start blogging for us. And uh-huh. my my spidey senses are tangling. But I doubt he listens to this podcast. So. You know what, oh, though? I'm, if he I'm did, if he does not. If he did, it would be the first five minutes. So you really should have <laughs> should have stuck this one at the end. It's true. It's true. But but I feel pretty strongly that, that kicking that off first, strong. Yeah, but I was gonna say like I feel very strongly that this this kid is absolutely never going to listen to this podcast or look at your Twitter or look at the social media of like any any person who and is I involved. I feel like if anyone else on my team listens to this, they'll just smile and nod and be like, "Yep, totally." And and if if they don't, if they'd be like, oh, did you mean so and so? You're just like, no. You know, like like if they're upset by it. <laughs> no, the like, other no. social no. media interns, exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> well, that's an well, old. They episode. don't know. We, you're, we you're remote. You don't know. <laughs> you ain't know me. We're fucked um, up. We broadcast from space. It just messes with your head. Yeah, I like it. Would <laughs> <laughs> you see that, guys? <laughs> um. Jeff, you're driving. Tell us what oh, to do. That's right. I'm driving. All right, everybody, get in and maybe go to the bathroom first. Just at least try. Um, which is what we tell our kids. Just try. 
Just try. That's not true. They're give all like a good grown, push. They're like grown men now, but that's what we used to tell them. Um, give it a push. Not in this. That's the kind of shit that does come out sometimes. And 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 my wife quickly like, hey, just huh. you know, wait till they're older. <laughs> um, okay, let's do um, a mental health check here uh, and see. I want to see how you all are doing because uh, you know it's been a few days only. But Christina, how are you doing? I'm okay. Um, so I, uh, I'm going out of town this weekend and I'm going to be gone for like 10 days, uh, my first international trip in a couple of years. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also, you know, a little bit like not nervous, but just, it's the first time I've done this in a while. So, you know, trying to get back in the, in, in the swing of things. I know you're in a similar position, um, uh, Jeff, and you're going further away and, uh, to, uh, like you're doing more important things than me. Um, more important things. No, I'm just traveling. <laughs> I thought you were like doing this for like work or like, like no, that, that was my Spain trip that I canceled. I, and oh. everyone who went got COVID, but, um, but yeah, this is just my family, not just, this is my family trip to Kenya, but okay. you're headed out. You're on an international trip that is daunting after a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've done like the domestic travel, um, uh, quite a bit, but I haven't, I haven't been like, you know, on uh, on an airplane for like 10 hours at a time in a while. Uh, yeah, no. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I, um, I had to test, uh, for, for COVID because I was exposed to someone, but I am negative. I will test again. Um, like Friday, uh, I leave Saturday. So I'm, you know, making sure that I'm going to do all the right things, but I'm feeling fine. So I'm good on that front. Um, and, uh, we, we've had a, a, a person coming in and, and cleaning our, um, our apartment and helping get us organized. And that's been really, really good for my mental health. It was daunting. At first, I think we were going to talk about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're going to have to talk, talk about more that. about it. But, yeah. but, but yeah, but, but we'll, we'll table that. But I just want to say, like, that is actually having tremendous impact on my mental health, even though that was a very stressful thing at first. And awesome. But in a good way now? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, just awesome. the fact that it's getting done, like, is, has really, like, relieved a lot of things for me. Yeah. Well, nice. that's great. That's great. Yeah, we'll talk about that. How about you, Brett? I, um, I continue to be stable months without a manic episode which is it's it's great i've i've been having i I wake up these days at like 3 a.m every day and then i have to take like what's that i take this like over-the-counter sleeping medication to fall back asleep uh some something no not nyquil i i can't remember i'll 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 bring the bottle with me next week and tell you what's Whiskey? working for me <laughs> whiskey no. um no whiskey. Uh, Whoa, but but i've been dreaming a lot about cocaine i really uh being stable apparently makes me crave drugs um i feel like that's come up for a few weeks in a row now mm-hmm. but i'm clean i'm sober i'm stable and i what what more could you ask for i mean yeah shit I mean, other than, you know, dying in a drug-fueled binge. Dying no, happy. Don't ask for that. No. Yes. No, my cat my cat started vomiting blood yesterday. Or a couple days ago. Hold on, hold on. I'm just trying to imagine what mortality. the Mortality. I just, been. I flipped, oh, okay, got it, I flipped got it, got to it, mortality. <laughs> flipped to mortality because I've been just dreading the end of life for yeti for so long now and he's been through this before where he's vomited blood and we got him on new meds and we actually i wasn't even sure the meds were doing anything anymore but we missed one day of the meds and then we found blood on the floor um and it's made me realize that we're we're keeping him alive maybe past his his due date but uh, but the, it, it always brings to mind like mortality for me. Uh, Yeti's been with me for almost twenty years now, and he's That's he's cool. my confidant. He's my friend. He he has lasted longer than any relationship I've ever had in my life. He's been there for it. Uh, so the fact that he is clearly reaching end of line, uh, EOL, I uh, or EOF even. Um, uh, it's, it, it, it's, there's a whole process for me, but, but mental health wise, I'm growing out a beard 
Mm. which I feel is indicative of my stability. Like I am able really? to grow a beard. Yeah. Like, cause when, when I'm manic, I tend to shave. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just like get out the clippers and I just do all of my head and everything. But the, the listeners can't see this, but you guys have to say this salt beard. and pepper beard I have going yeah. is looking pretty good. Yeah. I have yep. homemade cocoa butter and beeswax beard balm in it. Ooh. It's shiny. It's it's got a lot of gray in it, and I I love the gray. Anyway, anyway, Jeff, how are you? I uh, also bearded. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I had the first time ever I since I think I've been taking uh, sertraline for like two years, and for the first time ever, I went without for a couple of days because I ran out on a weekend and. Oof. Just hadn't properly. Sometimes it gets uh, refilled on its own and you get used to it. But anyway, and on day two, I was like, I spent the whole day just feeling so off and so like dizzy. And so just kind of like, just, just, I just did not feel good. And I realized like, oh, it's been two days. And I've always, you know, that's the one that you're told, like, you don't, you don't just stop that one. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it must have been the beginning of what is the reason that you don't stop it. So got 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 it going again in time, but that was a it was kind of like humbling, you know, yeah. to realize. Been there, like, been there recently, running out. Yeah, of you were there. Go. I know this was I, you. I think yeah. like last week or something. But uh, and uh, and now I'm in the situation of trying to do the math for my meds to make sure that like say my trip to Kenya goes from two and a half weeks to four because something goes wrong like yeah want to make sure i got what i need right <laughs> so anyway just kind of doing math and stuff but good pretty pretty much uh just good otherwise good now, i want to talk about this personal organizer situation because Matt, christina why don't you set it up for us a little more like what whatever you're you're comfortable saying like what is it that led you to get one was it hard to get one and what's it like now that you have one yeah, I mean, so, I mean, she's she's not even, I would say it's kind of probably, I don't know, I, we can call her personal organizer, though that's kind of the role she's playing, but we needed like like deep cleaning of our apartment. And my office has been just like filled with boxes of stuff that I've bought that I haven't opened and like all kinds of other things that have just kind of like been accumulating. And it's just kind of been this, this um, process where I've been overwhelmed. I've like wanted to be able to kind of get in and like get everything cleaned and organized and whatnot. But I just it's been mentally like overwhelming for me. Like I haven't been able to, to do it. And, and just even the thought of doing it has been really overwhelming. And so we just, we found someone on um, TaskRabbit and now we're, we're paying for her off TaskRabbit through, through um, Venmo because, you know, fuck those fees and stuff. Um, And she's been really, really good. She's come in a a few times already. She's already made a lot of progress. And um, I'm just like, I at first was really, like uncomfortable and kind of like freaked out by the fact of like somebody seeing like kind of like my office, the state it is as it is and other stuff. And like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about someone going through my stuff and all that. And I just kind of was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like this isn't going to get done unless I have someone helping. And, and frankly doing a lot of the work, which, which is in this case, just kind of like, you know, organizing things and, and, um, and then I can kind of, you know, make my, go through piles and and figure out what I want to keep and get rid of and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh but it's it, it was one of those things that like it was difficult at first to kind of get over that like mental hump of letting someone in my space, but it got to the point that it was so like bad that I was just like actually I don't fucking care. I just need yeah. this done and now I feel so much better. Mm, and and how about what does it feel like now compared to what you expected? What does it feel like to have that person in a room just kind of moving around, doing deep cleaning, whatever. She's really nice. And um, I've also, I haven't been around for a ton of it. Grant has been here. I've like, I was actually, it wasn't even planned, but I was like in the office uh, yesterday uh, recording something. And so I, you know, wasn't even there for that part of it. Some of the other times, like it, it's kind of up to me with how I want to, how much I want to directly kind of engage with this. I think as, as it goes on, I'll be engaging with her more, but I'm, I'm at least for kind of the first pass of things, I'm just kind of letting her, do like get it to a certain state where I can then be helpful if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. That's really awesome. I, I, uh, was finally talked into getting a, actually like a team of organizers. Like I, in our basement, we have 
various rooms that are not used and stuff just gets kind of stuffed in there over the years. And I keep a lot of what, uh, what I've sort of generated or collected over the years. I like kind of jokingly say I'm a high functioning hoarder, which is actually Adam Savage's bit, but it's a very <laughs> good bit. Um, and, uh, and, but finally got to the point where I'm like, I, I do not want to spend time on this. Like I've, I've gone through things over the years and purged things, but it kind of all just like ends up sort of gathering up again. But I was just embarrassed to have somebody come in. But then I like, <laughs> my wife found a couple of options, sent me the options. We picked this group, this organization and three women came, uh, and just like went down into the basement for a day and then another day. And they just like made sense of things and, and, and made their own sense of things. I wasn't like, Hey, this should be here and make sure for this. Like it was very hands-off and it felt amazing. Yeah, I was so stressed before they came in and, and man, it felt amazing to have someone else dealing with it. And in the end they were like, maybe there's just say this to make you feel good, but they're like, this has been really fun. You have really cool stuff. I'm like, oh, thanks. Because generally, I just look at that stuff and think, I am the worst person in the world. I love right. let the, Did you let them into your office? Do you have like an area that you consider like your sanctum? Like this is, this is myself personified in a room and it feels Closest very invasive to let anyone in it. There's just not anything they could do in here. Like I have some piles and stuff like, but mostly it's like, it's a small room. And it's just kind of got the essentials in it. So I wouldn't feel that way, but they did that. They, we actually had them go into my workshop, which is very much like a place that only I go. And it was it just gotten really out of control. And they did that too. It was just like, they just handled it and they had fun doing it. And like, it was just the most amazing feeling. And it really, um, it did, it did wonders to take away some of the shame or some of the like, ah, don't go in there kind of. Yeah. See, that that's the way I feel about my office and my bedroom. Like mm -hmm. the rest of the house, please come in, help me out, organize this stuff for me. But my office and my bedroom are very much, they feel like extensions of my brain and mm -hmm. they're messy and they're chaotic and they are like, I can find everything most yep. of the time. If, if it's within the last year, I can figure out where it was. Um, but it feels like a real, a very personal, very intimate thing to let anyone else. I don't even let, I don't even let L into my office. Like it mm. feels like such an invasion to me and mm. it could like, I need it. I need to get this place organized. I mm. feel like my brain would work better. It would. If mm -hmm. I got this shit under control, but you can't see off to the left and right of the camera here. Always. But there are shelves that I have just continued. I consider them like archival storage. And, right. And it's not, it's not horrible. Like I, I could show it to you. You'd be like, that's not so bad, but it does. It does affect my brain. And I do think I could benefit if I was willing to let someone in. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. And and I think that like it, it's it's hard to like let people in and do it. But I don't know. This was kind of like my take on it. I I kind of don't care at this point what someone thinks of my mess and my other stuff. Like I would obviously would not want like if it was someone that I knew and interacted with all the time and and whatnot to be different. Right. But I, I, I kind of got I kind of don't care. It's like mm -hmm. I, I need the help. And I'm yeah. sure that they've seen worse and if they haven't seen worse, well, now they have like a story to tell for the future, you know? Yeah, exactly. The cautionary tale. We're making exactly. memories. Yeah. And also like I found, I, I don't know if this is true for you, Christina, but I found it was one of those things that you, that I sort of worried about, worried about, worried about. And the second it got started, I felt fine. Like it was like it, it, the second they got in and started doing work and I left the room, I felt fine. And then just felt fine. I felt great. Oh, that's so, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> just All right, as an okay. aside, just as yeah. an aside, somebody tweeted yesterday. I, I tweeted about like how it's great living with when you have executive function disorder, it's great living with someone else who has executive function disorder because there's just so much forgiveness in the relationship. Mm. And someone tweeted me back that 
uh, it was great to have me out there as someone they could hold up for their daughter to say, look, this guy also has executive function disorder and, and he creates a lot of cool stuff. And that was, it was very heartwarming. That's awesome. That's really nice. For for once, I'm not the cautionary tale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) I relate to that. (laughs) Should we do a, should we do a sponsor break? Yeah. I will. Uh, you, uh, Christina always does the Zocdoc reads. You want me to do the Zocdoc read? Uh, I or mean, you got it? I I can do it. Um, what wh- what are you feeling? I I feel like you are the. I'm the Zocdoc person. At All the right. Zocdoc reads. <laughs> well, I am. I am a longtime Zocdoc user. So finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. Will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs or be available when you can see them? Well, with ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So you can read up on local doctors, you can get verified patient reviews, and you can see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into the doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com choose a time slot and whether you want to see a doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. You can find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to basically anytime I need to find a new doctor. And uh, I've, I've used it in you know three different cities on, I don't even know at this point how many different insurance plans. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. You can go to ZocDoc.com slash overtired and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours, which is great. So that's ZocDoc.com slash overtired. ZocDoc.com slash overtired. Awesome. Nice read. How do you guys feel about doing ad blocks where we just put all the ad reads together? I mean, let's do it. I haven't heard any complaints, so I I would like to take this opportunity then to tell you about Text Expander. Um, Get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. Get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. First, you store it. You keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then you can share it, get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every day, and then you expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any apps you use. It's that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. Just visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. As always, a big thanks to Smile. Mm. Smile, everybody. Smile. Thank you, Smile. And <laughs> Text Expander is the best, as we talk about many times on Gratitude, or yep. we've mentioned over the years when they do their spots. So, yeah. Like, Text Expander also sponsors my blog, and we do, I have a purchase order every year. Uh, and, you know, and there's no guarantee it will continue, but for maybe five years now, they have bought one ad a, a month on my blog and have consistently, so it, it forces me to continue writing my blog because otherwise my blog becomes just a series of text expander ads. <laughs> right. And like I am 100% like if someone wanted to call me a text expander shill, I'd be like, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's an amazing app. And, and they, yeah. they pay good money for me to talk about them. Um, and I have no qualms with doing it. But if my blog were to get to the point where it was like three, text expander ads in a row and there was no other content in between on the main page, then I right. would feel bad. So it it prompts <laughs> me to continue writing. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have a story to tell. So my dad was in town. He lives in Iowa and he collects and, and restores 
vintage speakers. I, and by that, I don't just mean like boxy speakers. I mean, that these are electrostatic speakers. They're crazy. They can be sometimes like six feet high and just like an inch thick. They're like the craziest thing. And they sound so freaking good. And there are so many weird variations of them. And so he found, uh, this set of speakers in Stillwater, Minnesota, which is about 45 minutes, uh, away from Minneapolis. And he came all the way from Iowa to hang out with me. Sure but also to get these speakers. So I went with him because I love getting stuff off of Facebook marketplace. Actually, like I've almost, I've had almost like only positive experiences, especially if it's like something that is sort of a specialty you're into, like a kind of tool or like in this case, weird speakers. And so we got to this guy's place and he, um, he had his tractor all ready to move the speakers from the, uh, basement to the upstairs drive He's about 83 years old. Um, he was moving real slow and we were just kind of getting to know him a little bit before we went down and checked out the speakers. And it turned out that like, he just kind of dropped that he had been an engineer on the Apollo, um, moon program and that Shit. he had designed the, um, he was one of the people designing the stabilization, stabilization mechanisms in the command module, um, and actually would train astronauts on how to use it before they would go to the moon. And I, you know, those kind of moments don't happen that much, right? But they happen enough. And when they do, I realize that my brain goes into this desperate, oh my God, all this knowledge is going to be lost mode, even as I'm just calmly and coolly kind of having a conversation, right? Like I know I can't get all that knowledge that's going to be lost before he goes. I'll never see him again. But like, it is so striking. It just like, it just washes over me. As soon as I recognize someone holds some piece of, of kind of obscure history like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so striking how so many people whose names we will never hear or read hold some piece of, of history. I tried to get something out of them. I used, I have kind of a <laughs> sort of journalistic technique, which is like, so he had to go train astronauts, right? And astronauts are obviously very, very competent people, right? Like they've gone through so many filters to get to the point where so. they're allowed to go to the moon. It's not like Elon Musk who can just go right. based on fucking money alone. Like these, these astronauts like really, really brought a lot to the table. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like but, literally put their life at risk, right? Like, it, like in not a small way. Yeah. I mean, they're driving a thing that's like less powerful than like, I don't even know what anymore. It's not even not enough to say less powerful than my phone. It's like way less powerful than my phone, this computer that got them to space. Right. But anyway, um, what I tried first was like the kind of, I call it the, these fucking guys, huh? Approach. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so I got, I got a question for you. Like you're down there training the astronauts and, and everybody knows the astronauts and everybody, you know, loves the astronaut. Astronauts are so smart, you know? But you're training them, right? Like, was there anything that they just weren't good at getting? And, and he looked at me and like saw right through me and he's like, uh, no, they were astronauts. <laughs> I, was like, I was talking about that later. I was like, that technique is called the, these fucking guys, huh? Technique, you know, just waiting for him to be like, well, yeah, Buzz Aldrin, man, that guy, I don't know how he passed second grade, but didn't happen. <laughs> I'm not looking for shit talking exactly. Right. Just like. It's a story that's been told and told and told. I want something. <laughs> right. But, uh, but my dad was able to talk to him more on, on technical terms. He actually had questions about the stabilizing mechanism. Turns out that he's been sitting on for a while. Um, but it was just this like really incredible thing. And then he was also selling all his like ham radio and stuff. And then he started talking about how he was really into computers in the early days. And that he owned an Altair computer that he no longer, that he no longer owns. But then I was like, well, wait, he's like, I have a bunch of computer stuff that I haven't brought up for the sale yet. I was like, wait, like, like what? And he's like, well, some Dells. And I was like, damn it. How did we get from Altair to Dells? I really thought, you know, for just a minute, I thought like I had hit the jackpot, you know? And but he's yeah. just like, no, actually, like I have some really good shit, but also some Dells, you know, but he as was, one does. But then he listed the models. I'm like, no, I don't. We're good. I don't <laughs> need to know what model Dell you My have. 386 but, DX Dell. Yeah. <laughs> but he <laughs> also sure had aged well. He also had a sweet laser disc player and about a hundred laser discs. Oh shit, oh, man, That's which is pretty archive. exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, that was super exciting, and it was cool because um. 
he had written out the schematics for this speaker my dad picked up. And so it was cool to go through these schematics and be like, oh, this guy wrote schematics for the command module. But, uh, you know, this is cool. Anyway, I, I tell this story just to say how much I love those little moments and how much I almost achingly realize, even with more, much more modern history, even modern history of our own kind of interests, right? And the, the kind of like tap culture we live in, whatever, like how many, how many people there are that own just a piece of that history. And that it's really, despite that, how we document stuff much better now, there's so much that's in between uh, the stories we know that, that we'll never know because that person is never going to tell somebody and then they're going to be gone. So let's not try to depress you. (laughs) (laughs) How much do you think you could get for an Oscar computer these days? Oh, Lord. I don't know. Am I supposed to look it up? Is that part I don't of know. the test? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really sold, have internet in space. I sold one for basically the equivalent of a gram of heroin. Uh, what, what, okay, what, okay, what, what, what is, and same, and also what is an Oscar computer? Oscar was one of the early suitcase computers where oh, the front of it came shit. off, and it was a keyboard with a small monochrome green screen. Had a 300 baud coupler modem built into it and a floppy disk drive that I think was five and a half, maybe seven. Uh, I can't remember what floppies it took, but it was it was an early and I had an AT&T machine, too, that was just another suitcase computer that I picked up at garage sales. And I'm pretty sure they would be more valuable today than they were 20 years ago. But I let them both go for drugs. And uh, I, I could have started uh, a computer museum at some point. That's true. Look what you did. Now, you, like, I recently uh, I was recently given a TRS-80 portable Ooh. computer. Yeah. Oh, used to call shit. It, Those are awesome. They called it the trash 80. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it came from a, a, a friend who had been a reporter at the Star Tribune back in the eighties and had had to take it on some, on a South Pacific trip. Um, and this was the uh, model 100, right? Yeah. The one that's, yeah, it's just got like a screen that's about yay big. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the model 100 is like, it, this is before my time, but it is so cool looking it, like people are amazing. making modern versions of it. The it's first basic, computer program I ever wrote was on a trash 80 with really little screens. Yeah. Well, one of the things he gave me was all of the paperwork that the Star Tribune put together for him on how to connect, uh, to the, to the phone and like whatever, but it says at the top trash 80 instructions, which <laughs> 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 is pretty awesome. But he, had, it, it's not there anymore, but he had programmed in like a Star Wars game. I'm sorry, yeah. a Space Invaders game, Star Wars game, Space Invaders game, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure was like 4,000 lines of basic. Um, but it's my goal to do that. Maybe I'll take that on the plane with me. Get some Space games. Invaders written in logo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That'd exactly. be so cool. Yeah. N- um, uh, somebody created, so like the the framework laptop that I've talked about a couple of times, um, yeah. the, they somebody like has an open source project where they've created like a frame deck that basically is highly inspired by the the Model 100 Trash 80. And, and, uh, it's, it's really, really, really beautiful. I'm going to, um, put it in, uh, our, um, chat and, uh, and and we can see it. It's really good. I was thinking about the framework because one of the, you know, this guy was selling a bunch of ham radio stuff. And one of the things that electronics nerds back in the like sixties would do is buy Heath kit stuff, which were these just kits that would make anything from like a ham radio transceiver to a color TV. My uncle made a color TV, uh, out of a kit. And what was so incredible is to look at, he had a ton of these that he had made. The quality was so incredible. Like the casing was so, so solid. And, you know, it's just maybe think like there isn't much like that today, but the framework computer kind of makes me think of that. Like, yeah, yeah, I, to- I, to- I totally agree. Like it, it's, it's, um, I mean, you know, it's definitely like a mass produced thing, but it is definitely like I, and I've I've had like numbers of conversations with people on their team and stuff, and and they very much care about what they're doing, which is cool. And I'm I'm yep. glad that like a year later, like I'm still very happy with it, and and I'm glad that they are are still you know chugging along and seem to be being successful, which um, was not a, a guarantee at all. So yeah. you know because it's it's a commodity space, and they're doing something that's very different from what other people are doing. Um, and they're but, kind of the first to really get something like that off the ground yeah honestly yes 
uh, honestly, yes, because like what was shocking to me, and we don't need to talk about this anymore, but like was that what I got was so was basically exactly what was promised to me, which never happens with these sorts of things. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to when the um, main boards for the 12th gen Intel processors are available this summer. I'm going to buy one of those and put in my laptop and then I'm going to take the 11th gen main board that I have and, and you know, do some sort of DIY thing with it because like, awesome. you know, like they're really encouraging that, which is really cool. Yeah, people yeah. are doing such cool stuff. It's like it's own, it's like become its own weird version of the Raspberry Pi. Kind of, kind of, <laughs> just much more expensive. Way more expensive. Yeah, it's cool though. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, I I I have another topic in here. I have a couple topics for today, uh, and I think this next one will be quick, and the one after that will be longer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. Deal. I want to talk about uh, 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 just something happened to me just before we were recording that I thought it was so sweet. Um, a friend of mine, my friend Alan, was, was turning me on to this um, music library, uh, like CLI called Beats, um, B-E-E-T-S. And it was something, I was just looking for something like that for a while. And, and uh, so we were going back and forth about it and I was kind of looking at it, playing with it. And then he said, you want me to send you my config file? And I thought, that is such a developer love language. Like, yeah, it is. Because I just felt touched. <laughs> I was like, yes, I would like to see your config file. <laughs> dot files as love letters. Yeah, exactly. Dot files as love letters. I remember that happening with you, Brett. At one point, you shared some things, and I'm like, well, this just feels special. <laughs> yeah, like I have a, my dot files repo is private. Um, mm-hmm. like I keep it on my Synology on a, in a Git repo on my Synology instead yeah. of publishing it to GitHub because man, dot files can be very personal. Yeah. yeah. I was going to like letting someone in to organize my office. No, I was going to say mine are private too. And I've, I've like, I, I got, I've gone back and forth about this because there's a part of me that like would like to make at least what I have kind of open, at least maybe like parts of it. And then there are other parts I'm like, I really Exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be like someone reading through. Yeah, it's like someone going through your 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 office. It, it is exactly like that. The difference is, is that if you have it on GitHub and like mine is just in a private GitHub repo, but like you could basically have like, you know, thousands of people driving by and like looking yeah. at and, and silently judging you versus just yeah, the yeah. person that you pay to do a service who you never have to interact with again after that, that is over, you know? I like that. Or, yeah, exactly. Or there could be thousands of people benefiting Right, from that's your the problem. genius, but yeah, it's 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 that line of like, what is what's going to get me judged versus what's going to actually help somebody? And then in a lot of cases, I feel like there is somebody out there less experienced than me who could benefit from what I figured out, but I haven't yes. figured out so much that I feel comfortable with them taking mm. my lead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting you say that because, because actually both of these things are interesting. And I love the whole idea of like these things as being like love letters. So it's, um, it's maintainer month, uh, this month, um, which uh, is a GitHub thing, but, but it's not just GitHub, but we, I think are like the, the chief sponsors, which is basically kind of like dedicated towards, um, talking about and uplifting and, and like celebrating, you know, people who maintain open source projects. Hmm. And, um, we had a summit, uh, this week, um, for, um, it, it was a, a, a private thing for, um, some of the larger maintainers in, in the ecosystem. And I met like people who are doing these amazing things and like people that I'm, I was like totally fangirling because I was like, oh my God, I, I love your project and, and what you're working on and things like that. And I, I was, I, so I've been thinking a lot about exactly what you just said, which is like where that line is between, I know more than a beginner and a newbie and I want to help them out, but I don't know so much that I feel like you know, they might not get in, in trouble based yeah. on following what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and I think that that's like a common problem, I think, with getting contributors to open source projects is, is kind of that, that line. And, and, I, and I sometimes feel like I think that we all judge ourselves maybe a little bit too much and, and, and think like it's got to be perfect and I've got to be a super expert before I can let anybody take a look at it when no, you know, you, you can, as long as you are being accurate with what you're describing, you know, okay, worst case, someone might, you know, get stuck and it might not be for them, but like, okay, cool. They can move on and find something else. But best case, you might find somebody who is really helped by it and it leads them to doing other stuff. Or, you know, 
even better contributing to, to what you're doing and helping you go further. I uh, yeah. so yeah. like marked uh, my app marked. Yeah, I will never open source. Uh, that code is only I could ever understand that code. And I really think it would do more harm than good yep. for any developer to see it. Uh, yes. Doing, which is all written in Ruby, has been refactored many times over the years. But it's actually, you could learn a lot. If you were mm. new to intermediate in Ruby, you could pick up a lot of stuff from doing because I have I have learned so much about Ruby just over the years and and learned from other people and and doing I'm happy to open source and it is open source like anyone can dig into it. But Bunch, uh, which is the most recent Cocoa app I've developed, uh, it's still an Objective-C, which dates it a little bit, mm -hmm. but I actually put years of what I learned from fucking up marked. Mm. Uh, I put into coding do a uh, bunch from scratch mm. and I'm tempted to open source it because I'm not, I'm not nearly as embarrassed by it right. as I am yeah. of marked. Yeah. And, and, and I think what would be cool if you did that, cause, cause I totally agree with you. I, I like, I, this is something that I like, I have ideological differences with some people who are really active in open source. I do not believe that everything should be open source. Um, I think that freedom goes both ways and you can choose to not have something there. Uh, but I was I was actually on the One Password podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, and this topic kind of came up, which is like, how can like closed source, you know, companies or developers or whatnot still contribute? And I think what you kind of laid out is 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 that, right? Like for you, it's not even so much about being embarrassed because I think that you could get around that. It's about the fact that like, the code for for marked isn't in a good enough place for it to be useful. Like you said, it could be actively harmful and yeah, other exactly. people aren't going to understand it. And I think the problem that we see a lot of times with people with, with you know, sometimes with especially drive, like, that's, they kind of call it like drive-by open sourcing. They throw it over the wall, but they don't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the opinion, like, look, you can do whatever you want to do. And if you want to make everything you you do open, that's completely fine and like you don't owe anyone anything i get that but i feel like if you like for me anyway it feels like if i'm making something open source i'm putting especially if it's something like a, an app that you know like runs and it's not just like maybe like a a, a personal project that you're just kind of like look if you want to look at it fine but but you know in this case like it's it's something that people could actually get use out of um I think that you I think that you kind of have an obligation a little bit to, you know, have it in in a good state so that yeah. other people can learn from it. And and that, you know, is that takes time and that takes effort. And I and, and you've got to think about that. And so but I, I also have to say, like, if you could take the things you've learned with marked and and you've done it with bunch. Also, just the fact that bunch, I think, is one of those apps more than marked. That you could really have other people hacking on and helping with mm -hmm. and like doing totally. things contri contributing back in a way that could also be fulfilling for you as well mm -hmm. yeah um speaking of developer love letters though of of what'd you call it developer love languages mm -hmm. i uh i regularly interact with other independent developers and there's this like you don't give your source code away for free uh it's by you know in a non-open source app a closed source app right you don't just give away source code and like i worked with the guys from ulysses years back and i just i wanted to replicate something they were doing with rtf code and i gave them thousands of dollars for what amounted to maybe like four pages of code um, and, and I learned my lesson that generally I can figure shit out on my own, but in my interaction with other indie developers, I have found a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, I know exactly how to do that. Here's a sec section of the code from my application. Half the function calls in, it won't work for you because they call other proprietary functions right. of my own, but this is, you can see from this how this thing would work and mm. it has been so helpful to me uh like daniel jowcut from red sweater uh craig scott from i thoughts uh or toketaware 
like those people have shared code with me uh um uh rich from barebones yeah like these people have given me code that has changed the way i do things mm. and it is like that kind of sharing that is very much a love language like that is like i recognize you as someone in the vein of what i'm doing like right. we have similar goals and i'm going to share with you my private code and that absolutely feels like a very loving gesture to me yeah, no, that's that's actually amazing. And 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 that's so interesting, right? That like, you know, again, like, I guess how it differs. It's like, okay, I see you. And I'm going to do you this solid and know that I won't have to support any of it or whatever. Right. But but right. to show you like, okay, this 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 is where you want to look and try this yeah. out. And, and this this is probably going to do what you need to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I've I've returned the favor. Like, oh, yeah. Andreas Hagenberg, uh, guy who does better touch tool. Mm-hmm. Like we've traded quite a bit of code, um, especially as I worked on Bunch and wanted it to do some of the things that Better Touch Tool does. And yeah, man, those relationships, they feel very, they feel deep to me. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that they're definitely deep. And I think that that, like, that says a lot about you when you have so many people who, and, and, and uh, like who both you share things with, but who are willing to share with you. And it has to feel awesome as a dev, like if, if a dev you respect is willing to give you something. You have no idea like how big a deal that is to me to have to have someone that like when i first started using a mac it was the indie community that made me realize i was in the right place Mm. and same and i immediately developed heroes you know from uh who made textmate uh Uh, oh macromate so alan ogdard alan ogdard 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 i i don't know ogdard 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 it's Odgard, Ellen Odgard to to Rich to Daniel Jalka. Like these are my early heroes, uh, like back in like the year two thousand, and uh, and to be exchanging code with them these days, it it's a huge deal to me. It means so much. That kind of gets yeah. back to that piece of that that bit about kind of pieces of history people hold, right? I mean, especially when you think about the <laughs> the like fields of uh, video game archaeology and and other kinds of like digital and code based archaeology, like the idea that you know you hold some piece of some moment in time in that code, and they hold some piece of some moment in time. It's so interesting. Yeah, kind of fits both those topics. It does. <laughs> it does, and it makes me once again just wanna, like remind myself of like set up like I'm gonna like uh, set up a recurring. Do- I give to them annually, but I think I'm gonna set up a recurring like monthly donation to the Internet Archive because oh. the work that they do is so important. And I do feel strongly like I I would hope at some point, even if you're terribly embarrassed by like the source code for you know um for for marked that like if. You know, you were, if you decided like, I'm not going to do anything with this or whatever, or let's say like you have it like in your will or something, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll put, I'll put this on, you know, whether it's, whether it's compiled or uncompiled or whatever, I'll put it on the internet archive so that people in, in the future could, you know, do something with it and get it running again and, and keep like the history of, of yeah. what it was around. Because when we discover things like when, when 3D Movie Maker was, was recently, like oh, like the code was was open sourced and the community got it building in, in Windows, modern versions of Windows and, and like the fan community around that really rallied. And it yeah. came because a guy like tweeted, he was like, Microsoft won't do this. And, and they did. And they even got like the, the rendering engine, which Microsoft had purchased. They even got the author of that to, to agree to, to MIT license it. Like Man. you have whole generations who missed certain things who then because of bit rot and other stuff can't experience it. But when you have people who are willing to also like kind of find a way to archive some of that knowledge, because some of it will obviously die, but I think whatever we can do to preserve that is really important. Yeah. It's like, there's a short, there's a short in, in the grand scheme of things, the life term of code is, is pretty short. Yeah. Like NVALT, uh, like notational velocity is open sourced. Uh, and I would estimate that within the next two OS updates, uh, it won't be able to compile anymore. Right. Um, like the app might still work for a while, but compiling will become nearly impossible. Like 
it, there's a lifespan on these things. But yeah, open sourcing, open sourcing dead code can still be beneficial, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that was what was sort of cool about the, the 3D movie maker thing, which I don't know if either of you ever used, but no. like that was it, it was it, it was like this is what makes me a 90s kid. But it was an app that came out about the same time that Windows 95 came out and it basically let you create like it's kind of like the metaverse, like you create these 3D worlds, like you'd have a, a camera that you could control and you had like buildings and objects and people and you could move things around and animate them. And then you could export it, you know, the movie file that would only play in this kind of weird esoteric format, but you could, you know, add soundtracks and stuff and basically create your own little movies. It was really cool. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it was like the first, for me, certainly it was the first time I'd ever even had the idea of being like, oh, I could create my own 3D worlds. Right. And, and you got a sense of like what animation was like and other stuff. And, and the the community around it, which has kind of remained, you know, it's not massive, but like there are still people who are dedicated to it. Um, some of the stuff they've done over the years, like is just really creative, but it it doesn't, you know, run like like the old EXE file, yeah. like you could do certain hacks, but it wouldn't run under modern versions of Windows. And so now because the source code and the rendering engine, which was actually used in a lot of other games too, is on GitHub, it's archived. So it's not like, you know, people are taking pull requests, but there's been this like, you know, fork of it, like uh, 3D MMM forever that, you know, people are are now doing stuff to. And, and it's just cool to see the fact that even if you're not going to be adding anything to it, right? Just the fact mm-hmm. that people like, if kids today could see something they think is cool and they could run this and and play with what their parents might have built, which is depressing to say. But you know what I mean? Like, like no, you, it's you, great. But, but you could do that, which, you know, that's one of the things that sort of scares me and makes me sad about mobile apps is that well the web too but really mobile apps is that we don't have archives of this stuff and even if we did we don't have a way to be able to you know like play back and and open and run those files which is which is kind of sad right like talking carl anybody remember talking carl the the iphone app no (laughs) no is a little squishy, adorable red guy. And you would say something into the uh, phone and then he would say it back in a high voice. <laughs> and, and it was, and, but what's funny about that is, I mean, just to take this kind of further in the same direction is that Talking Carl was an app that my friend Jonathan um, turned me on to that very much um, reflected his humor. He's dead and I can't play Talking Carl. And, and I feel like that's some of the ways in which I feel I, I'm kind of thinking out loud here, but it, it, one of the things that um, all of this makes me think about is the way in which, you know, historians will have so much more data, of course, and so much more to work with, but they'll also have so many more tools with which to work with that so much more data. Um, and, and so like that idea of just making sure that there's some way in which, uh, an iPhone app from way back when can be resurrected because mm-hmm. it's part of someone's memory of someone, right? Like it's just interesting. Feels like we're in, in so many ways, obviously we're in like a transitional moment, yes, any epoch, but especially now. And that yeah. is just one of those little nuanced ways in which that's the case. I dug up an iPhone one. Three and 4S, uh, just going through like shit I needed to sell. And uh, and I got them all to boot and realized there are apps on there that at one point I considered essential and I loved or mm. or considered really fun and I loved mm-hmm. that, that don't exist and won't run on any modern operating system. Wow, They're like yeah, little yeah. relics from the past that I can only yeah. run on these phones that are basically garage sale material at this point. Uh, yeah, interesting. Man. Well, this is a nice segue into graptitude. Oh, shit. I mean, Actually, I would do Talking segue. Carl, but I already did it. Somebody start right. and I'm going to look up Talking Carl. Okay, um, I'll start. So this is one that I actually um, uh, discovered relatively recently, but I was using it this week because I was having to create some uh, videos uh, for uh, for work for the for the product team, and um, that also included some some gifs because yes, I say gifs for the the social media stuff, and you know, converting like uh, videos into into gifs and making them not look terrible is not a super easy process, but there is a command line tool called Gifsky, G-I-F-S-K-I. And there's also an open source Mac app 
that is is a front end for the same thing. And it is so good and it is so useful. Both of them are are just great. So that that is that is my gratitude. But I also want to go a little bit further because the creator of the, the Mac app, um, his name is uh, I'm not sure how you say his name. He's uh, he's a European um, uh, Sindra Sorhus, uh, S-I-N-D-R-E-S-O-R-H-U-S. And he is awesome. Like he's I think the person who created like awesomeless. And um, so no pun intended there, actually. But he's also <laughs> has a bunch of open source Mac apps and then a few of them that he sells in the store. And he's got. Uh, he's like basically able to to do like full time open source stuff based on people being patrons of him and whatnot, and he just contributes a ton of stuff to the community and does really good things. But um, but I really really appreciate um, Jifsky, both the, the the person who created kind of the, the library for it, and then um, his front end which he created because I was able to take like a really big like like not really big like I had like a minute and a half video that I needed to cut down to like a thirty second GIF. And I was able to do it with this app relatively easily and then also adjust like the quality, the size and the number of frames per second and then get it in a, in a file size that would work on the various social media sites. And it looked really, really good. And nice. that is typically like a lot of the converters, like some of the ones that, you know, like like Jiffy and, and some of the other like like uh, there, there used to be one called like I think like like Jif, Jif Bartender or something like that. Like there's uh, there's one lively uh, yeah, phone app lively does a pretty good job. Yeah, and and like those things are are cool, but um and and for the iPhone that might be like what your best option is. But if you are on a Mac, like this particular library, it's it's gif.ski is the the URL. Um, they use like a, a high quality uh GIF encoder based on um, PingQuant, whatever that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and and the guy who wrote this is is the Image Optim guy. So yeah. Yep. You know, this is good shit, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. and so it's it, like, it's just, it's really good. The in, in the past, the only person I saw who could create really high quality GIFs was my, was my friend Andrew Lazuski, who works at Gizmodo. And what he would literally do would be he would bring in the video file into Photoshop and go frame by frame and oh my God. frames and then like create the GIF that way. And it would look amazing. And he had a whole workflow that he would do. But like now, you could get probably really comparable results with Jifsky. So shout have out you, to shout out on this. Sorry, go on. Have you seen Jifox? G I F O X. Yes. That that makes surprisingly small, high quality GIFs of screen recordings. Like it's yes. specifically for screen recordings, not for converting video to GIF. But right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Jifox is great, and also um, the the built in um, kind of thing when um, um what is it um. Um, clean shot um, yeah. oh is God. really Cle- good too. Well, clean shot is just. Can I just back, make okay? That's my pick for the week. I'm changing okay. my pick. Okay, <laughs> talking so about clean shot. <laughs> okay, are you done? I'm done. Yeah. Should I go? Yeah, please go. Okay, my pick, as previously mentioned, uh, is clean shot X, and it is if you need a screen capture app for Mac OS. It is the bee's knees. It does everything and it does it so elegantly and for everything from capturing uh, uh, images, windows, entire desktops, uh, annotation, movies, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing. It has like a whole cloud platform built in. It does everything and it just does it just so elegantly. So well. Like I am constantly amazed at how how much I don't have to think about using CleanShot. Uh, it is mm. 100% replaced any built-in screenshotting tools for me, and it has surpassed any other screenshot tool I've ever used. CleanShot is amazing. Yeah, I, I want to add a plus one to that. I've tried basically every screenshot type of utility ever because for most of my career, regardless of what I've done, I've dealt with a lot yeah. of screenshots. Like I have a screenshot folder that I have like literally linked to um, with, with, with default folder X so that I can open it from <laughs> any part of, yeah. of my system to the point that I have to like sync that every time I, I go on another computer because I use my, my hotkeys and it's there. Yeah. And I used, um, what was it? A uh, um, uh, cloud app for a really long time mm-hmm. for sharing screenshots with people. Yeah. But their pricing became honestly insulting. And and so I stopped using um, Cloud App, and I used um, uh, what is it? Uh, Dropler? Dropler. Dropler. Well, there's Dropler, and there's another one. Um, 
It's also on set up. Um, it, it it's the one that that's uh, this little more indie that you can have self hosted if you wanted, like on on a oh. um, on, on like oh. an AWS server. Uh, yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. I can't remember oh. the name. Uh, a drop share. There we go. Yeah. And and Dropshare, you can actually use it with with them, um, Cleanshot X. But I'll be honest with you, as much as I, I love Dropshare and I, and I love that developer and what he's done, Cleanshot X just does everything. It does it really well. And it also replaced some features that remember remember Sketch? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Remember, Sk- remember, Sk- remember Sketch was, Sketch was good? Remember when yes. Sketch was good before Evernote ruined it? Yes. And and it had features <laughs> like you could take a screenshot, but it automatically had padding of a of a desktop wallpaper behind yes. it, right? And then you mm-hmm. could annotate and you could do all this stuff. Yes. Clean, clean shot does all of that. Yeah. And it also does, if you want to do with your own custom URL, like a, you know, shortener, uh-huh. you, you can, you know, use their hosted service. You could also host it yourself and have like custom landing pages, just like, um, cloud app. Like it's just, every it's amazing. Feature, every feature awesome. you've ever preferred another screen capture utility for yep. clean shot has it. Absolutely. It does and it all. And it's part of setup and the setup, um, subscribers get like, you know, like like ten gigabytes or something yeah. um, of storage on their plan. The, f- the full premium plan. Yeah, yeah I, I feel guilty oh. because I would genuinely like to give, like, and actually, I might, <laughs> I might figure out a way just to like give give them more money because what they do is just so good. Yeah. Sorry, I, sorry, I didn't mean to talk For over sure. your 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 gratitude. No, absolutely. That that much appreciated. That was some valid insight. <laughs> um, mine is Beats. I already talked about it. B e e t s. So here's the thing. This is, this speaks to me and it also speaks to my, my worst potential for procrastination in this edition, in this like initial sentence. The purpose of beats is to get your music collection right once and for all. I read that and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want once and for all, because I have never been super happy. I've always worked through iTunes, honestly, and I've never been super happy with kind of how, um, how my iTunes libraries and the files inside of them age. And I just love music so much and love the idea of having such like intense control over it. And this is a, um, this is a CLI that just works wonderfully. There's a huge community around it. There are a ton of plugins. So like if you host your music from, um, from Plex or you stream from Plex, just plug in that makes sure it lets Plex know that, you know, Hey, there's new stuff in here. There's a ton of like grepability in it that is just kind of incredible. Um, you can go in and get your, your beats per minute if you need that. I mean, I don't need it, but I want it. Um, and I like to anyway, know I have it. It's all part of this thing. Like last week I talked about how I was using setlist.fm and I've, I've since, I think I've now added like 220 shows or something to that. And I just like keep going and I've been so pleased, um, at having a list that I can sort of I like there's statistics. It can tell me how many times I saw Johnny Cash perform Folsom Prison Blues live, which is anytime you've seen him. So that's not that exciting, but like it's its ability to sort of slice and dice the shows that you've seen as long as there are set lists there is so fun. And again, it's one of those things that actually they're they're little um, memory torpedoes for me, you know, like looking at a show that I forgot. There are shows I totally forgot I went to, but because I found a ticket stub or because I was in the neighborhood of that show as I added a different one. I remember it and that was really sweet for me and it's made me want to go deep with my music collection and that's that's what beats is going to do for me i think so, nice too bad i get paid by the hour taps, taps uh, into not just the music love but also the nostalgia of music totally totally so anyway that's super fun that's my gratitude this has been fun you guys we had a little super techie episode from space yeah from space I, i've decided to title the episode dot file love letter. I like it. I love that. I like it. I like it too. Dot love. We could just call it dot love, but no one would get it. Dot love. That, yeah, no one would. <laughs> now I now I think like if if the whole ec- economy and everything wasn't terrible, that like I could have kind of a decent startup idea, which would be like Tinder, but you match people with their dot files. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome. That's Artificial awesome. intelligence. Right. The matching Amazing. up people based on their... I love it. Unix command line preferences. Exactly. I mean, honestly, look, I think you can probably tell a lot about people's compatibility that way, to be completely honest. That's right. That's right. That's right. I would be really curious to see if that if that held true. Like I'd be I would be curious to see who I was matched up with based on my dot files. How about I I would like to meet that person. 
You could do that though. You could, we could, there are enough dot files on GitHub. <laughs> there are. I was going to say, yeah, you have whole, 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 whole things. Oh, that'd be the thing too, right? You have a ton of data that you could like mine from to do. Yeah. Yes. Um, what would be uh, interesting, like so many people duplicate their dot files. Like I've seen yep. so many dot file repos that are just duplicates. Oh, yeah. Of someone else's with dot no file credit. Repo. It would be interesting <laughs> to have AI go through that and see what the differences are where did you, what modifications did you make mm-hmm. what personalization did you add yeah. and who might you be compatible with based on what you decided to tweak Ooh. that would be that would be brilliant christina you about, should do it so what if what if the um title is like tilde forward slash dot config dot love or just tilde forward slash dot love then you see we're, you're, you're we're getting go with it you're getting tilde. closer to indicating what you're talking about dot um love.yaml yeah. yeah we'll just tilde forward slash dot love that's gonna there be that's the episode title right there I love, it. I love it for anyone who started this episode wondering what the fuck that meant this is where it came from it all came down to this right here yeah and you yeah. made it through the episode and now you understand now now you get the joke and now but you none of sleep. none of you fuckers are in space all right get get some space sleep you guys Get some sleep. Get some sleep. <laughs> the system is going down low.